American songwriter, we had the opportunity to talk to Brooke Stevenson over Zoom video. Brooke was born and raised in a small town in Connecticut, and she got into music and singing at a very early age. She told us about getting in and attending Berklee School of Music, moving to Los Angeles to pursue her dream of being an artist, being on The Voice, having three of the judges turn around. She ended up going with Kelly Clarkson. She told us about her time on The Voice and her brand new record that she just released, her debut EP, Backbone. You can watch our interview with Brooke Stevenson on our Facebook page and YouTube channel. It would be amazing if you subscribe to our YouTube channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Pod. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. We're Bringing It Backwards with Brooke Stevenson. Yeah, so this podcast is all about you and your journey in music. And uh, we'll talk about your time on The Voice of that school and, and your new music and how you got to where you are now. Cool. Cool. Uh, you're in L.A., but are you originally born and raised in, in Los Angeles? I was born and raised in Connecticut. Oh, okay. Yep. Talk to me about that a little bit. In the woods. Um, I grew up on uh, a mountain. My dad just calls it like a really big hill, but it's a mountain. It's called Birch Mountain. So it was... It was uh, pretty boring. Um, so when I left and I got to start doing music um, in school, I was like, woo, I'm out of the woods. <laughs> Way more fun. Sure. Um, I'm an only kid. I'm an only child. So, um, but I'm super, I have a really big extended family and I'm super close with all of them, but nobody is musical at Interesting. all. But nobody. And I have a huge extended family. Nobody even really plays an instrument, but they are on my dad's side. They're all very creative, which I love. They're very in touch with their like artistic side. Uh-huh. Um, like my cousin always at Christmas, actually a few of my cousins at Christmas would um, give everybody hand painted ornaments or a hand painted um, photo, or I have a few cousins that did that, which I loved. And then I have my dad is, very artistic he um one of he like always has these random projects and one thing that he does is he gets driftwood and Mm -hmm. he says he can see creatures in them he's like very he's very into driftwood he has been for years and he says that he can see like in this one he sees an eagle and in this one he sees a tiger and like they're very in touch with their like artistic does he like carve the driftwood into like a tiger or is it just like this piece of wood represents? He, I don't even know what he does. With it. I think he like, I, I think he works with the driftwood more than he's like, I don't know what he does. It's, it, it's just been, he just constantly is like telling me how he sees like creatures in the driftwood. I don't know. <laughs> Interesting. That's well, that's yeah. It sounds like you have he a creative a family. Life. Maybe not necessarily. Yeah. Um, maybe they just didn't channel that into music. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. So what drew you to music? Like, how did you get into it? Um, Music is the only thing that I ever really stuck with. I never was really a sports person. I always just, my favorite thing in in the world has always just been an excellent singer. And um, I've always wanted to like work on that craft, work on Mm -hmm. my craft. And um, I started singing when I was about 10 and, um, I started playing piano when I was eight, but when I was eight, I hated to go to the lessons. (laughs) Of course. So I gave up on it pretty early. Um, But then I came back to it in high school. So 
um, when I was singing, I, I would, I would, I took a lot of voice lessons and they would have me like sing at the mall and I sang at church sometimes. And, but, um, when I, it wasn't until I really got into high school that I realized that if I learned to play chords on the piano and, um, sing over it, that, um, I had more control over it and I could like learn whatever song I wanted. And, and I would, I ended up spending like hours and hours after school just practicing piano and singing. And then I fell deeper in love with it. I was probably like 15. Okay. Um, and then I started, I, I, I started writing. I remember I wrote my first song, I think when I was like 13 or 12. Wow. But then when I learned to play piano, I started, I was like, Oh, I can like make my own like piano chords and mm -hmm. I can make, I can songwrite even more with it. So um, I started doing that more, but I was always very shy. Um, Even though you're doing the like recitals and uh, yeah. you know, singing at malls and stuff, I think that would be pretty. Yeah, um, I I've always intimidating. Been shy. I've I love I love singing. Like I, I'm happiest when I'm singing, but when I'm performing, I'm like I have to really like focus and I have to really practice at performing and engaging the room and. So that side doesn't come as naturally to me. So um, that's something I've always been working on. But um, then when I was in high school, uh, they, I wasn't, I was in, I went to school at a very, very small school. My town was very small. It had about like 5,000 people. Wow. So my public school was like 250 people total. So oh uh, we had a very small choir. Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of focused on all classical music. Um, and I, I've never really, I love classical music and I respect and appreciate it, but it never was like where I wanted to go with singing. Sure. So I remember I did this thing called Eastern regionals where um, this was in high school where um, you would have to audition, which was, a, which was a good learning process to auditioning but um you'd have to audition and then if you got in um you had to sit for like eight hours for like three days eight hours just learning classical pieces with a big group of people wow and that was torture for me <laughs> i can't imagine <laughs> oh so i did stuff like that um so then there was a point in my life where I was like, maybe I don't want to do singing because I mm -hmm. was doing so much classical and I wasn't happy. Um, but uh, luckily I got into my dream school and it was, it's a contemporary, more contemporary music, uh, Berkeley College of Music. Oh, it's, wow. Okay. Yeah. I know, I know Berkeley. Yeah. So I started. Um, uh, sorry. Did you go in as a for voice, obviously? Yeah, so to get into Berkeley, you need to have an instrument and then you pick your major. Uh -huh. So um, my instrument was voice, was vo vocals. Right. And, um, and then my major was music business because I wanted to do, I was, there was a point in my life where my dream was to be on the business side of music. I mean, it works out as an artist, right? You know both sides of the coin type you, deal. You, you would think, but the music industry changes every like week. Year. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I feel like it's a lot of the stuff I learned seven years ago. Now I graduated in 2014. So, okay. um, six, 
years ago, six and a half. Um, I feel like it's all kind of outdated at this point. <laughs> sure. That's interesting. Um, well, to, to get in, you have to do an audition, correct? Yes. You have to audition. Yes. It's, How was that? Um, it was interesting because I had asked, I met a girl that went to Berkeley and mm-hmm. I asked her her advice on how I could get in. And she said, sing a jazz standard, which now that I went to Berkeley, I realized that's not, you how don't to get in. That's not, <laughs> yeah, you should sing like something that really is your genre. And that mm-hmm. really show, shows off your vocal talent. Like a, I loved, I at that time I was into jazz, but it wasn't like, like I probably should have done like a more pop song that connect that I connected with more, but so I sang a jazz, t- a jazz standard. I believe it was bewitched, bothered and bewildered okay. by um, Ella Fitzgerald, but it worked. I got in. <laughs> you got in. Yeah. I was going to say, I guess yeah. it didn't really matter because you still got in. Yeah. I still got in. So it didn't matter, but um, yeah. And then I met a bunch of singers that, um, I'd say really helped propel me to um, who I am as a singer now, for okay. sure. Were you playing out or writing? Because you said you started writing songs at 12, 13 years old. Yeah. Uh, in the in the midst of all of this, were you writing songs still and, and performing like out even prior to going to Berkeley? Um, I was doing it. So the town that I grew up in, you didn't really have... <laughs> I didn't, that what didn't come natural to me, I was more doing it at, I was more practicing a lot at home. Okay. Because there weren't, like, I just grew up in such a tiny town that like, there weren't like venues that people frequented. There was maybe like, there was a jazz venue in Hartford, Connecticut or near Hartford. Um, But there weren't like how I would do now, like playing and, and especially in LA at venues like hotel cafe. And when I'm in Nashville, like, mm-hmm. um, I put, I did like a little thing of Tennessee brew work, stuff like that. Cool. Yeah. Um, I love that. Love that brewery. But, um, there wasn't really anything like that. I mean, if I wanted to, I would have had to like really travel. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mostly just sang a lot. I sang at the mall. I, um, I did uh, performances with my uh, vocal studio. I um, recorded in a studio, in a music studio. I recorded a few songs. Like I did, I dabbled. It wasn't really until I got into Berkeley that I really saw what was out there that I could be doing and where I could be forming, performing. And I didn't really okay. have, a, I didn't really have great influences growing up until I got into Berkeley and then I then the world kind of the music oh. world opened up for me sure okay okay yeah and so when you're at Berkeley and, and you kind of found your your crew were you then still you were you writing music all during this these times not at Berkeley I was writing okay. a bit I've always been I've always been writing like like the whole like uh you're trying to fall asleep and at two in the morning, like a melody comes to you and you're like, oh my God, I have to sure. record it on voice memo. Like I've always my whole life done that kind of thing. I have notebooks of like random song seeds and ideas um, and melody. I have 
tons of years of voice memos of melody lines, but I wasn't focusing on it because at that time when I was in Berkeley, my dream was, my goal was I'm going to graduate and then work in the business side and then be singing on the side. So I didn't, at that time, I didn't want to do it full time because my focus was to have a stable Oh, sure. Got it. Which is funny because the usual story is that the the parents are the ones that are saying, we want you to have a stable career. And the kid's right. like, no, I want to be a musician. I'm going to be an artist. Yeah, yeah, sure. But but I I do come from a family of parents with stable careers and in insurance, but they were <laughs> never, they were never like that. They were, they were, if I, if I was happy being a construction if I was happy being whatever they would be Support they would be happy that. for me yeah, yeah they would they just wanted me to be happy so but that but because I think I grew up seeing them with stable nine to fives I was like oh that's the career I need to go so that's why I was kind of fighting the music side and doing more of the business side and then when I let graduated and I got into the business side I I started to get really restless because a nine to nine to six, really nine to seven. Um, yeah. doesn't, doesn't nine to whenever. <laughs> yeah, nine to whenever you finally leave. Um, doesn't leave you with a lot of energy, mm-hmm. and um, I was kind of exhausted by the end of the night. And then on the weekends, I didn't want to do anything music related because it was all I did all week. Right. So I I had a lot of trouble with. while I was working on the business side, I didn't really do any music and it really bummed me out. I did some, I shouldn't say any, I was doing some, just not as much as I would have liked to. I was doing background singing. I was writing a bit. Um, I was, I had did a few performances, a few shows, but it wasn't anything. I wasn't releasing anything. I wasn't like steadily working on it. Mm -hmm. So um, and then I, a lot of my, on top of that, I was gr- growing restless with that feeling like I was kind of losing that music side of me. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, a lot of my friends who I graduated with were out here doing like amazing things, being in music videos and singing backgrounds and going on tour. And I was like, I want to do yeah, that. Kind of envious fun. of them. <laughs> yeah, like, that sounds so fun. Why am I here? And, and there were continuous, continuous things that would happen like um the president so I like at my company's uh, holiday party they asked me if I wanted to sing some songs uh-huh. or sing in front of the sing in front of the whole I, I worked at Universal Music Enterprises so it's like the catalog label sure okay so, actually I don't know if I'm allowed if I'm supposed to say that but um <laughs> so the whole label came to the holiday party and um i sang some beatles songs because that that was one of our biggest um artists Uh and um the president got up and said this girl sings better than a lot of the artists on our label (laughs) i was like why am i here oh my gosh yeah and then one of my bosses um afterwards came up to me and said, why are you here? Why aren't you in Nashville? Why aren't, why aren't you singing? Uh-huh. Why are you d- doing this when you could be doing that? And I was like, don't push me even more to leave. So, right, right. So I left. And, um, and then within a year, I got on The Voice and um, wow. I've been writing and singing as much as I can and 
now I'm releasing this album that comes out tomorrow. tomorrow. And uh-huh. so, yeah, a lot of, lots of, definitely a journey. <laughs> Very cool. So they kind of pushed you to just pursuing it a hundred percent, huh? I don't think they meant to, I think they were just like, trying yeah. to, like trying to, cause they're, they're, they're big execs in the music industry. I think they were trying to give me like their advice, but right. it definitely pushed me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah sure. Yeah. Wow. Well then how did you, how did the voice thing happen for you? Actually, um, if I could promote hashtags on Instagram here, I would, cause it's gotten me a few gigs. Uh, <laughs> it was a hashtag they found. Really? Me. Yeah. They found me. Um, and reached out to me on Instagram and they, they, it was a woman who was in the casting department and she was like, Hey, do you want to come go straight to the producer's audition? You don't have to do like the whole cattle call audition. Wow. Um, And you can just come straight to the producer. So I sang actually the song that ended up being my blind audition. I sang let him fly by Patty Griffin. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I sang a Brandy Carlisle song as well. And I just kept, moving up to the next level and um and the voice is interesting because you go into it like i went into it like whatever happens i don't really care it's just like an audition it's just practicing auditions who cares no big deal and then the more you get the farther you get you're like i have to get to the next level of course yeah (laughs) yeah you want to keep yeah yeah Wow. Okay. So you tell me, so you go on the show, you do the blind auditions. That's when they turn the chairs around. Yeah. What was that like? Was it nerve wracking? I mean, you're singing live on TV. Well, as I mentioned before, performing is like not, it doesn't come naturally. Right. So I was, <clears throat> excuse me. I was terrified because of the fact I kept thinking oh my god 14 million people are gonna watch this right I fall flat on my face they're gonna show that oh they're gonna keep that footage of course (laughs) so I was like okay just just get one chair to turn around I was lucky enough to just get to the blinds because there's so many factors to just get to the blinds that I was I was just happy to be on that stage because right like i said i kept wanting to get to the next level so it's like as you keep going they keep they keep not i'm not going to say too much info but they they as the months progress before the blinds they kick some people off already and so several people and i was like i just want to at least get to the blinds so um I was so happy to be there and I was so happy that my family got to be there. Um, Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. I was ecstatic. Um, One thing also is that every time I ever watched the voice, I thought maybe some aspects of the blinds were fake or Uh the emotions were like exaggerated or like something like that. And now I, it's 100% real. Like all the crying, all the like emotions are very, very real. So now when I watch the blinds, I get very like, I'm very sensitive sensitive to their experience on it because I know how real it is. Uh Um, But yeah, when I was actually funny story, I hadn't warmed up my voice all day. Um, And 
I had sat in a cold room doing B-roll for like five hours and I kept saying, when, when am I going to like warm up? Or like, I haven't sang all day. So I just want to make sure I, I can sing before I go on yeah, stage. Go, sure. And they were like, you'll have plenty of time to warm up. You'll have plenty of time. It's all good. And then, yeah, they set, they set us in a cold room for five hours. And I was like, this is not good for my voice. I need to sing on, on the oh stage later. God. And so finally eight, it was like around 8 PM and they go, okay, you're next. And I almost had a full on panic attack. I, was like, <laughs> yeah. I have not sang today. Yeah. I don't even say, I don't even know what's going to come out. Like I need oh my to gosh. warm up a little bit. And so luckily we get a, a vocal coach and she's amazing. So she came up to me and she goes, are you ready? And I was like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. And she was like, Oh my God. Okay. So she took me outside and we did some warm ups, And then I sang through the song like twice. And then I was like, okay, I'm good to go. So yeah, I got up and then, um, I, yeah, I got three chairs and I was, I had just wanted one. So I was sure. Three. So and then um, you got to, you get to choose, right. Who you want to go with. Yeah. Re what was the reason on Kelly Clarkson? Just because she's um, when incredible. I, <laughs> yeah, she's, I mean, she's a powerhouse, and she's mm -hmm. also also um, an excellent vocalist, an excellent vocalist. And singing is like my number one passion in life. So to me, I was like, if I could learn anything from like from this woman who is incredible oh yeah one of the best ever yeah i was like i would i would love to to hear anything she has to say mm -hmm. so um i i knew i was gonna pick her um, no matter even no going matter. into it okay yeah i was like i hope kelly turns around because yeah i definitely wanted to pick her that's awesome and then once the show kind of runs its course what like that must have opened a lot of doors for you right um, I mean, it definitely helped my followers. Uh, it helped grow my followers. Um, and it was, it was an awesome experience getting to do the whole TV thing. Cause mm -hmm. it was definitely a, a good learning experience. Um, as far as doors, um, it's, yeah, I think that, I think there's a, a, an idea that when you're on it, then you immediately have all these offers. Right. And that's really how it works. You have to kind of the, the good thing is that you have the um, the video to kind of back you up and show that you're legit. Mm -hmm. That's kind of that's one of the biggest highlights of it. Um, but no, you got you got to keep you got to keep working. Got to keep working. Sure, sure. Well, yeah. once once this, I mean, when did the when did you start writing the EP? Was it after the show? No, I had I had recorded it before the show. Okay. Yeah. And when did uh, like where were you at when? When COVID hit, how, how did that affect you? COVID, COVID was tough as I'm sure it was for everybody. It kind of, um, it kind of made the creative side of me um, kind of pause a bit. Um, I forget like what side of the brain, I feel like it's the right side that is your creative side. I forget, but I feel like I was more the side of the brain where it's like logistics and, um, Mm -hmm. business stuff so I've been trying to during COVID I I didn't write as at all really I I was more um focused on 
other things. And mm-hmm. um, so now in 2021, I'm like, okay, this is my year to be more creative because last year it was, it was a little overwhelming. So um, it was definitely a hard year, but you know, this year is going to be much better. <laughs> yeah, totally. And the EP is done. It's you're releasing it tomorrow. That's exciting. Yes. yes. I'm very excited. Yeah. So tell me about I mean, the, the EP. So another, I think another reason why I um, wasn't really writing in 2020 is because I was releasing singles all of 2020 mm-hmm. um, because it's my uh, first uh, album. I, wanted to kind of be in everyone's eyes and ears for as long as possible. So I, I pretty much released, I, I did, I released all of the songs as singles, except for the last one, which comes out tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I, it's also a learning process, um, working in with like PR and trying to just as an independent artist, there's a lot to learn. So I, I spent 2020 um, releasing these singles and learning and growing as an artist um, and growing as uh, on the business side of my artistry, really um, learning how to release music on my own. So um, yeah, so the album and comes out tomorrow, um, pretty much. It's a, it's a seven song EP and um, six of the songs are already out. So go check them out. Um, but uh, yeah, the full, full, project comes out tomorrow and i'm super super excited to finally have it all out to the world that's amazing that's amazing and it was produced by sorry i wanted to make sure i mentioned the producer no, uh, go ahead john spiker um and he is an la producer and he's also the bassist in tenacious d <laughs> oh is he really yeah yeah that's and rad he's awesome how did, how did that relationship start um actually i i there's a bit of an, as you may know this, there's a bit of an Americana scene out here in LA. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like our own tiny little Nashville. So I was talking to a few people in that community and just like, does anyone know of a good producer that you recommend? And a few people recommended him. And then I met him and he's the best. He's so cool, so nice, so talented. Um, and he had a lot of really great musicians um, on the record um, uh, be a part of the record, like the drummer in Tenacious D, Scott Seaver. Mm-hmm. Um, he plays drums on it. And wow. Yeah, there's just a bunch of really great musicians that I'm, I feel super lucky to. Jack have Black sings on. backing vocals. I know, right? Just <laughs> can you, can you want to see if Jack Black is available? Yeah, right. <laughs> Well, that's really exciting. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm excited to have it out to the world. Yeah. And it looks like shows might be opening up soon. Are you excited to play the album out? I know performing wasn't type, you know, one of the the things that you, yeah, your favorite thing, but. Well, yeah, but I do, um, now that I have the album out, I, I definitely want to, um, I, I've seen in Nashville that there's more shows going on. I haven't heard of any here, but I'm, I'm assuming there that there are. So once. Uh, yeah, I don't, I'm not sure. I know that well, like outside lands in San Francisco is supposed to happen. In oh, it is. Oct- okay. In October, cool. but, and that's like, 
I don't know, 100,000 people unless they don't yeah. feel like yeah, full capacity, yeah. but I don't know um, as far yeah. as there. And here, I haven't seen anything really booked until like uh, fall also, but yeah. maybe. Yeah, as soon as I get the opportunity, I definitely want to, um, even if it's like a outdoors house sure. show or something. Um, but yeah, that's definitely next on my agenda. <laughs> I love it. Awesome. And thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a blast. Awesome. I do have one more question. Uh, do you have any advice for aspiring artists? Um, yes. My advice for aspiring artists would definitely be to be you because everybody else is taken. I love that. That's short. And that's the best, most concise way I've ever heard somebody say that advice. Yeah, I, I mean, love it. It's easy to compare yourself to everybody else, but everybody has their own journey and um it's just kind of finding your way and staying true to yourself and following your intuition instead of looking for too many outside sources.